Welcome to the Fan Freaks Podcast, episode number 139, the show where we freak out about our favorite movies, games, comics, and any media in between. It's me, Agent the Masterful Dude of Dooliness, the face that runs the place, the host with the most and the most grandiose coat. Oh, no bone. No bone. <gasps> <laughs> That's right. There is no bone. There is only rude. It is I, James, Dr. Rude Ramos, MD. Hello, freaks. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Actually, I'm doing great. Uh, let's let's not let's not be defeatist. I'm doing pretty good. Um, yeah, there, there is no uh, no no bone today. He's still uh, he's still cultivating his field of boners. So uh, he'll be back soon, though, folks. And you're just gonna but, steal those boners, correct? Like Lex Luthor steals cakes. Yeah, exactly. Um. Today's show is a Freaky Five famous or favorite? Is it favorite? Favorite, favorite Mexican characters yeah. in media. Um, because uh, Feliz Cinco de Mayo for everybody, which is not about the Mexican independence, which everyone it thinks is it is. not. <laughs> um, but still, uh, that doesn't mean we can't... Uh, come up with ideas based on a local holiday that's absurd <laughs> we would never do such a thing this is definitely <laughs> new territory for us but before we get exploring this new territory let's explore your recents oh boy so uh i found a new uh youtube channel called manly badass hero that's a that's a name uh-huh. And what he does, or at least the bulk content of his channel, is he plays these really small indie games that have a hidden horror element to them. Are you sure this isn't Bone King's like alternative I know, like profile I know. or something? So as a result, what I've started doing is I would watch like the first I would end up watching like the first few minutes of whatever game he's talking about, then I would pause the video, go buy or however you get the game, acquire the game, not pirate. And if, if any of them were for purchase, I bought them. They were like $5 at most. Uh, so anyway, I'd go buy the game and then play the game and then be very depressed and finish his episode. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go over the list of some of the game. And a lot of these are like multiple ending games. Uh, I'm gonna go over the uh, some of the games that I played from his channel. Uh, this is only a few of them. These are the ones I can remember playing right now. Um, I'm gonna start with Doghouse Two. What what's that about? It's a weird. Okay, so calling it Doghouse Two is actually a bit of a misnomer. It's actually a remake, basically, of Doghouse One. It's just an expansion of the first game, but it's this really weird low poly game. And you have to build a doghouse for your dog. That's the game. I'm waiting for the horror element. <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, your dog your dog is actually an eldritch monster. Oh, and, there it is. <laughs> uh, at one point, like, if you, uh, like, so, like, okay, you. this is a spoiler for the game, but it's a five-minute game. Like, come on, people. But, so, you're outside, you start outside, right? And then you go and gather the stuff to build the doghouse, but then you hear your oven going off. So you walk inside to go turn off the oven, and then the lights to your house turn off. So you go turn on the lights, 
you go back to the uh, to the oven and then the lights turn off again. And when you turn around, your dog is standing there in all of his eldritch horror facade. <laughs> okay. So at this point, you can either go back outside and finish the doghouse and lure him inside and trap him. You can go in the doghouse and lock yourself in. Or you can find the hidden record under the cabinet in the kitchen, put it on the record player, and it's your dog's favorite song. So instead, you get the disco ending. Um, <laughs> okay. okay. It's a weird fucking game. Okay. Uh, then I play this game. Well, I'm going to get to talk about this one last because it's the most interesting to me. Uh, I play this game called Your Amazing Tigochi. Okay. It's like a Tamagotchi, but instead of a little animal, you have a little anime girl on it. Okay. And you're supposed to take care of her. And if you don't... No, there is no... There are no happy endings to this game. That Wait, none? None. Their every ending is awful. Well, There is, like, in every ending, she dies for some reason or another. Even in if some, you do your job, she dies. Yes. Okay. In some, she kills herself, which is great. Uh, there's even a version of the ending where you can, like, like, accidentally turn her into, like, a sexual assault victim. Oh, good lord. Yeah, it's fucking, it's a lot. Uh, it's interesting, but holy shit, it's rough. Speaking of rough, I played another one called Rough Times. Okay, okay good. Hats off on the segue. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Rough Times, uh, has, a, it's a very cute game. It has you, uh, as the owner of, like, a pet store. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to attract stray dogs to your yard and then you can breed the dogs and then you can like sell the dogs in your pet store. And the dogs are all like super cute. And as a matter of fact, as you breed them, you're breeding them for their cute traits. So they actually get cuter and cuter as you breed them. Uh, okay. I, there's so, something bad coming. I know it. Uh-huh. So basically what the way it's it's like a matching game so like uh you have to first you have to click the a symbol to get dogs to appear in your yard eventually they can spawn automatically But like so let's say so you get two level 1 dogs the level 1 dogs look pretty basic right Right you, you, you breeding works weird in this game because instead of actually like like two parents don't produce a child two parents turn into a child which is weird so you're more like merging them together, but whatever. So you merge two level one dogs and you get a level two dog, right? Right. You merge two level two dogs, you get a level three dog, so on and so forth. Okay. You, uh, as you go up in levels, the dogs are slower. They, uh, their health bar goes down faster. So they become harder to feed because it takes them longer to get to the food. So it's harder to keep them alive long enough to sell them by the time you get to like level seven dog they basically can't move have these giant eyes that barely fit in their skull 
they're super deformed, their skin is falling apart. And then when you finally get to level eight dogs, you get like a pop-up that says, finally, the perfect dog. It doesn't need to eat. It doesn't need to sleep. It's in great shape. It's perfect. This is going to sell like hotcakes. And it's basically a skeleton. Oh, my God. It's clearly a commentary on like dog breeding and like all that shit. But it is rough. Hence the name. Yeah. Uh... I also played uh, a game called, <laughs> Jesus, uh, Buddy Tale. And this one's less horror so much as it is just kind of like, it hit really close to home for me. Like, I cried a significant amount on this one. Just because, like, nothing horrific happens in this game. You just have this little pet duck dog. Okay. I don't know. It looks it looks like an East, like, you know, the peeps that you eat on Easter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like a fat peep. Okay. Uh, but you pick up, you pick your peep from the store and your buddy. Uh, you take it home. You take it on walks. You take it on picnics. It gets scared of lightning storms. You have to close all the blinds and cuddle with it. And then eventually, like you know, time you like, uh, it shows time progressing in between scenes by like photos getting added to a photo album. Okay. And then finally, you come home and like. Buddy doesn't greet you at the door. He doesn't want to eat. You have to give him medication. He doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to go for a walk. You end up calling the vet. The vet tells you Buddy's not going to make it. And you just sit there while Buddy dies. And you played this. Uh-huh. I didn't know! I thought it was. I thought Buddy was gonna be an Eldritch Horror monster. He was not. He was just a I, vessel of sadness. I think you would have preferred Eldritch Horror to this. Correct. <laughs> uh, are you okay, Buddy? Uh, <laughs> that one fucked me up. That one fucked me up good. But the last one I want to talk about is this. It's, it's this is more like a what are they called? Like an interactive novel? Like what? Whatever. Um. It's yeah, but whatever. It's it's still a game. It's called a pet shop after dark. A lot of pets things. In yeah, this. I know. But so in this one, you play this girl who's responded to this ad to work at a pet shop overnight. Okay. Okay. And you meet the proprietor of the pet shop, and she tells you, "Whatever you do, don't turn off the lights." Okay, a little FNAF. Got it. Uh, you're like, okay, cool. And then she goes, and by the way, the pets are very shy. So if you don't see them, don't worry about it. You're like, all right, whatever. Uh, and you go exploring this place and it's really just uh, four rooms. It's because it's a pet shop and plant shop, by the way. Uh, mm. It's plants, pets. There's a hallway and then there's like the rest, like the lounge, like the bedroom. So, and it, just like it says, you can't see any pets in the cages, but you can still feed the ca uh, the pets and the food disappears. So something eats it. Uh, and then your character comments that, wow, it's, it's weird. I know I'm not supposed to turn off the light, but there isn't even a light switch in here. And then whatever, you do all your duties, you go to the end of the day, you rest. And then the proprietor comes back, says, you did a great job. Fantastic. And you leave, and the proprietor starts talking to someone else. 
they start saying, what, did you think I wasn't going to notice? It's never going to work. You can't leave. And then the game crashes. Okay. What's interesting like is when the intentionally crashes? Well, when the game crashes, it's actually open to the game files on your computer. Like the a game like the main folder where the game is installed is on your computer. And I didn't pay any attention to that at first. And I played the game through again and your character acts like they don't remember like kind of like they have amnesia but they're also having deja vu. Like, it's almost like you started the game over, but they kind of remember doing this once already. Got it. But then, if you look at the game files, there's a file in there that's called Lights. Oh. You have to delete that file to turn off the lights. Oh, wow. And do you? Yeah. And then the game changes, and you find something new. And there's other game files that you have to move around to complete the game. I don't want to spoil it because of all of the ones on this list. This is the one I most suggest people go play. But because it's so fucking interesting. But like and there's some puzzles that you have to solve where you have to move files from one folder to another. Hmm. It's Fuck. really cool. Uh, highly recommend. So yeah, just to just to go really quick, that was Doghouse Two, Your Amazing Tigochi, uh, Rough Times, Buddy Tale, and a Pet Shop After Dark are all games that I got from uh, that I found out about through Manly Badass Hero on YouTube. Really cool channel. He has a really fun way of speaking that makes the videos pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, uh, highly recommend his channel. It's pretty cool. And the last thing on my recents list. I rewatched a movie that I hadn't seen in eons. Okay. I rewatched Push. You remember Push, Adrian? Isn't that uh, Chris Evans? Yeah, a pre-Captain America Chris Evans. Okay, yeah, yeah. Fre it, fresh off of Fantastic tele Four. Telekinetic powers or something. Yeah, this is a, a, a an alternate version of our reality where uh, Hitler's experiments on people with telepathic powers is a real thing. And, like, even though Hitler's gone, other governments have begun experimenting. As you uh, do. As, yeah, have begun experimenting on people with tel with telepathic ability. And they have, like, there's, like, eight different types of telepaths in this world. There's pushers, which is what Chris, uh, Chris Evans' character is, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's telekinesis. It's the ability to push things with your mind. Or move things with your mind. There's... What what was the other ones? There's like... Seers, which see the future. There... Whatever. There's people that see the future. There's people that can like... Physically change objects. Like turn a regular piece of paper into a thousand dollar... Into a, like a hundred dollar bill. Alright. Uh, there's people who can like sniff you out. They can like track you. I don't know. The point is, uh, yeah, it's Chris Evans, Dakota Fanning. That's a name I haven't heard in a, in a minute. On to on that list of names I haven't heard from in a minute. Also, Camila Bell. I don't. Do you remember Camila Bell? No. She was in like everything for like four years, and then she fucking disappeared. The Sam Worthington of her time. Yeah, kind of. Uh. 
yeah. Uh, overall, it's a solid action movie. And like, didn't Jumper come out around the same time? Yes. Very similar vibes too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, it's a solid, and it, it had set itself up for a sequel, and that sequel never came. Um. Because it did horribly in theaters. But, uh, <laughs> but I digress. It's again, it's a fun movie. And I forgot that, uh, that this movie kind of existed. And it's a shame because it, it, I think, I think I would have enjoyed to see the sequel for it. Uh, is this but, yeah. one of those all stars guilty pleasures lists? I don't even know if I would call this a guilty pleasure. I don't see anything objectively wrong with the movie. It's functionally a good movie. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. It's, well, I don't know if good. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good enough. How about that? Um, but yeah, I, I, I wish, I, I don't know. I think the movie got, uh, uh the, the, uh, the bad end of a deal, but yeah, that is the end of my recents. Do pretty, you, it's a what? pretty big recents. It's That's pretty just girthy. it though. Like a lot of those are just like. Like I said, some of those games, like uh, the the doghouse one, took me like five minutes to play. Oh, okay. So it, it, none of these took like hours. At most, these games took an hour. But anyway, what do you got, buddy? <laughs> um. So I didn't play any games. I've just watched movies. Um, okay. I'm a little ashamed to say it, to admit it, but I finally got to saw uh see. In its full completion, uh, Seven Samurai, directed by Akira Kurosawa. Like, I've only ever watched bits and pieces of it. I never saw the whole thing. It is a pretty girthy movie. It's like three hours and 20 minutes or three hours and 15 minutes. Um, So, it's good. Don't get me wrong. Seven Uh Samurai is good. But... I think it's a little overrated. In what way? It certainly feels while it's 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 writing is pretty good. I just think uh the Magnificent 7, the western with uh, Yul Brenner is a little better even though it's the same concept. Okay. I feel also with Seven Samurai, it's a little too bloated. It doesn't have it's it's it should have been edited a little more. I just don't think it's Kurosawa's best film. Interesting. Um, th- this is a difficult opinion to take because Seven Samurai is kind of like the Citizen Kane of Japanese films, <laughs> right? But I fucking hate Citizen Kane, so I guess that's part for the course. I actually. Wouldn't mind watching it again. I just don't think it's the end-all, be-all of film. Uh, then I went modern and saw two movies, at least in this century. Um, I saw The French Dispatch by Wes Anderson. Oh, okay. How was that? It's an anthology film, and okay. I was really surprised by it. The whole The whole movie is basically a love letter to The New Yorker. But okay. use, but using France uh, instead of New York, I don't know why, but excellent acting throughout. Like 
even people had bit parts in this that I was like, what? why'd you say yes to this? I guess Wes called you in and was like, yeah, I'll do it for a day. Fucking Owen Wilson, Bill Murray, um, Timothy Chalamet, which, holy shit, I loved him in this. Uh, you got uh, Francis McDormand. You got, it just, it just goes on and on. Anthony Wright, holy fuck. I loved his his story. Um, it's basically three stories all detailing different parts of life. Um, okay. I'm sorry, four stories, because I forgot there's a Del Toro. Uh, Benicio Del Toro? Benicio Del Toro, but also, oh my God. I know his first name's Adrian, but his last name is what? Brody? Yes. Um, they had a great, it's hilarious. It's okay. very funny. Um, I really enjoyed it. I recommend everybody to watch it. It does a lot of great changes to the cinematography because at times it does these really great set designs where it's like done as a play, but then it's an actual set and the camera shifts to that point of view where it's like an actual set. And then other mm -hmm. times where it's, where there you have actual scenes where uh, a bunch of extras are standing still in a freeze frame, but there's no freeze frame. So you see their eyes blink in synchronization, which mm. Wes, I don't know why the fuck he did that. I, I don't understand it, but it's one of those, I'm too artsy for you. I'm like, all right, bud. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of, you know, that, 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 that's, that's Wes. I get it. Yeah. But like a little up his own ass. Yeah, a little bit. And this one is one I cannot, stop recommending to people it's called i used to go here with jillian jacobs um it's it's a great comedy drama which you don't get enough of these days um so basically our protagonist is a lady who cr released a book she authored okay. a book which as you know is very difficult in this day and age to be a first-time writer and release a book um Hey, this has my my homeboy, my uh, Jermaine Clements is in it from Flight oh, of the Concords. Yeah, he's hilarious in this. And Kate Mikuchi. Yeah, it's great. Sorry, carry on. So I used to go here is about a ninety minute feature. Mm -hmm. It's really good in the aspect of that this uh, novice author. Apparently, her publishers like, hey, listen, it's not looking good. We're gonna wait till the New York Times reviews it to see if we go on with the book tour. Then her old professor, who is played by Jermaine Clement, calls her and is like, hey, why don't you come down to your college where you graduated and do a reading of your book? You know, if you're not too busy. And she goes back to the, to the town, kind of like where it begins again type of thing. That's, that's the story we're going at. Because she even goes back to her, her old apartment and where she lived at the old house while she was at school and all the memories come flushing back. And it's, I think really, really well written. And I think people should watch it if they want a, it's, it's a feel good story, but nothing. The only thing that changes is the main character's perspective. Nothing okay. in her placement changes. She, uh, she's also going through a breakup. She doesn't magically get a, a relationship. She doesn't magically, you know, her book doesn't become like a bestseller. But she gets a new perspective. And I think 
that's that's great about this film is that life doesn't do that. Life doesn't automatically oh just because you got a relationship it's you're better off now. It's the mindset that you go through it, and I think it's really good. I watched it on HBO Max. I watched all three of these on HBO Max. Seven Samurai. Okay. I used to go here in the French Dispatch. I really recommend I used to go here. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> Warner. Up, HBO. Warner, notice me. <laughs> Senpai. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's it for my recents. Do you have news? So, well, Sorry. before news, somewhere in the multiverse, there is a version of this podcast where I remember all of my recents the first time around. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I bring that up because I actually forgot two fucking movies. And they're both pretty big releases. And they both have to do with the multiverse, strangely enough. Uh, the first one is I saw uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh my fucking god, I really want to watch that. It's my favorite A24 film. Fuck you, really? Yes. Over Midsommar? Yes. Ooh, daddy, I need to watch it now. Fuck. It's Michelle it's, Yao's in that, isn't it? Is Mich- she's, she's, she's our lead, yeah. Oh, my Michelle God. Michelle Yao, Jamie Lee Curtis, James Hong. Uh, you got fucking... It's, it's, it's a decent... It's a great cast. Uh, but it's such a cool movie. And it seems like a weird one for A24. It's a little more action oriented i guess but it's such a cool take on like multiversal hero well because this is what's the last multiverse hero the one from jet lee (laughs) yeah right (laughs) uh hey hey i mean technically you know no way uh, no way home is a multiversal heroes movie just saying would you argue into the spider-verse Last action hero is a multiverse hero. Interesting. Yeah, probably. Tune into that all-stars multiverse heroes. On that note, <laughs> and like how I forgot to mention this, I literally just saw uh Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness. No way. What'd you think? So let me start by saying that I really can't say much. Because this movie is like, I don't know, like the whole movie could be spoiled because there is a little bit in every act of this movie that could surprise people. Uh, like, yeah, I, I, like I said, I really can't say much. Uh, what I will say is this. Uh, Sam Raimi was the perfect, perfect choice to direct like Marvel's first like sprinkle of horror in the MCU. Because, like, his brand of horror isn't, like, it's never pure horror. Like, it's never 100% serious. There's always a level of campiness to it, which leads itself to comic bookiness. Which is great and perfect. And on that note of comic bookiness, I will say this. This is the most comic book, comic book movie made thus far. Meaning, it is just balls to the walls comic book plot there's no like oh let's you know make this a little easy to digest for general audiences no this is just balls to the walls insanity in terms of like 
Yeah, it's exactly that. It's the kind of plot that would jump off the page of a comic book. Truly, truly, truly. Um, Danny Elfman does the music, which is great. You know, that's I like the pairing of uh, of Sam Raimi and Danny Elfman together. They're fantastic. Um, a Bender Fluff Cumberbund does. This is probably my favorite. You know, performance of him as Doctor Strange. But I mean, that's not that's we haven't you know whatever oh, i don't know what else to say here man like really uh i thoroughly enjoyed the movie um i thoroughly enjoyed everyone in it i loved having not seen any trailers whatsoever the surprises that i got in this movie were a sincere and honest treat and i'm going to be honest with you i'm kind of like over the moon with it right now. I'm I'm in that like honeymoon phase. But I do highly recommend it. I do think that even after I've thought it over, I uh, it might be in my top 5 MCU, I'm not sure, but still highly highly recommend. It is an awesome entry in the MCU and I kind of hope to see more stuff like this. I like the little taste of scary that this had in it it was really cool well fuck me bud i cannot wait to watch that shit i'm just gonna wait a little bit i'm a little traumatized from spidey giving me covid but whatever (laughs) man (laughs) god damn it look it's it's I, i we talked about this already but it's really the only way my not watching trailers thing works Mm-hmm. Is if I watch the movie early. Because it's one thing dodging like marketing, like media and all that shit. It's a whole other thing what dodging the spoilers from the general public on like my Facebook feed and TikTok and Reddit. Yeah, I gotta you know tell I mean? you, I, I read somewhere and I'm glad you didn't go fully spoilery, but no. I'm, I'm waiting for fucking Superman to show up because that's what I read. <laughs> Cavill shows up, you know. All right, it's, I was like, "Holy shit!" Um, I can't. Like I said, I I can't say anything because you. This is it's the so whole fresh. movie it's is fresh. a spoiler, and it's super fresh. But uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I I have to, I I've learned that I have to temper myself because I'm so excited over having just watching it, over having yeah. just watched it. So I need to like relax a little bit, slow down, watch it again, and get a real feel for it. "Quote unquote," have a cigarette and a coffee after yeah. the sex that you just had with a Marvel movie. <laughs> exactly correct. Uh, Which, by the way, on the topic of Marvel movies and news, do you know what this week was? May the fourth. I, I mean, yes. Uh, oh, and but that's not Marvel. You. Sorry. What? 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 Uh. It was 10 years since the first Avengers movie came out. And we just did a special on that like a, a month ago or two uh-huh. months ago. Yeah. 10 years since you and I met. 10 years since the, Creation. the meeting that eventually spawned uh, Xavier's League of Extraordinary Avengers Corps Incorporated, which eventually became Fan Freaks. Yep. 10 fucking years, dude. I want this to be known on this uh, episode of the podcast. I am sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, effective immediately, immediately, the group's ending. You're welcome. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, dude. No. Uh, that, that's a day. Uh, I hold. That day is like, it's almost like, where were you when World War II ended? Type of thing. <laughs> because I remember it so vividly and I have yeah. really bad memory. I, I yeah, know same. you do. You do as well. Hence why you keep forgetting your recents. Uh, but at this point it's to be expected to forget your reasons. Um, no, but there's so many pivotal points of that day. For example, I met you, I met Roger, uh, Roger had the fucking Mohawk and a Captain America shields. And we were arguing over who would win in a fight. It's Avengers justice league. But even before that, it was Annie's birthday we yep. were at the Flanagan's at the Doral by there, and fucking Annie was so mad because she didn't want to see Avengers. But all Julio wanted to do was watch Avengers. <laughs> and, and they were dating at the time, and they got into a huge fight repeatedly. Uh, but then Annie softened up when she saw Chris Hemsworth, because that's all you need. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> um, but still, that, yeah, then we exchange Facebook, and then just... My versus time post became a whole group, and then it just went on from there. Yeah, and Fuck. here we are, ten years later. <laughs> God. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, man. Did, I didn't know I had a midlife crisis until you started this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I digress. I I uh, I really do enjoy um, all of our spats, all of our conversations. I've learned so much from you. And I've learned uh, how to be a better communicator thanks to you and and how to articulate. And not only that, uh, I I think the group itself, while yes, I am the the leader, the fearless Hagrid or whatever, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, Roger, you, Julio, myself, Michael, um... Hell, even Garrett, who I would meet, I think, I I think I met that year, also regrettably. Uh, <laughs> he was an admin as well. We had William Prime, who just had a baby, man. Yeah. Congrats to William. Prime. I know he doesn't listen to the show, but like, congrats yeah. again. Um, but like, you know, we were all admins of this fucking group. We didn't know a fucking thing about adminning. We didn't. We've never really done any of it. I think you and Roger did, but I, I didn't know a, a damn thing about it. But it, you know, yeah, man. it's definitely a quality thing. And I think it's one of my, <laughs> it's no Amazon, but it is one of my proud inventions. <laughs> I mean, we've got this thing that as long as it's accessible, is kind of like this like monolith to our friendship. Uh, yeah. which is pretty cool. I'm, I'm, I, I dig it. But, uh, onward to less, uh, self-filating news. Uh, <laughs> this is a really quick one, uh, but the writer for X-Men 97, the upcoming Disney Plus animated series, mm-hmm. has hinted that it somehow might take place in the MCU. What? One thing I can say towards... X-Men 97 in the MCU is I know sometimes we say no comment and it's like they're just being obstinate 
I'm going to go with no comment here because part of the surprise will be finding out when you experience the show. I feel Multiverse of Madness is opening that up. I guess so. Because uh, that's the only way I can think of that. I can't speak to marketing, but I think there is a degree of you will be asking that question. So he's heavily implying that something in the animated series will connect this to the MCU somehow. And of course, he's not going to tell you. So you have to binge watch the entire X-Men animated run, which you can find on <laughs> Disney+. Plus. That's right. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> Notice us, Disney. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that's fucking wild. Uh, also in Disney Plus news, this is kind of cool. Uh, but there's a, there's another uh, Marvel Disney Plus series coming out, Miss Marvel. Mm. Uh, however, it's actually getting a theatrical release in Pakistan. In Pakistan? Yeah. Well, that, that makes sense considering where Kamala Khan is from. Yeah, exactly. But, but that's great for representation. Like, look. Yeah, that's super cool. It, uh, so it's episodes one and two will release in theaters on June 16th in Pakistan. And then every episode or then they will release uh, like two episode combos in theaters every two weeks. All right. I think that's fucking dope as hell. Like, I'm here for it. I like it. Uh, and number one in news that the dude could not give less of a fuck about. Uh, we got some stills from Avatar Way of the Water. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I personally think it looks gorgeous. I'm, I am excited for the movie. I know you don't give a fuck. Uh, it looks fantastic, like visually, and this should come as no surprise. It looks amazing. Okay, uh, but yeah. Uh, moving on, we got some uh, some fucking I can't speak English concept art. Okay, from the original version of the Batman back when it was a Ben Affleck movie. Oh, back when uh, he was going to fight Joe Man... I can't pronounce yeah, that last Yeah, Joe Manganiello. There we go. Uh, yeah, and it, and there is some concept art of, like, Joe's death stroke, like, wielding the sword and all that. And it's, like, him with the full mask on and shit. And uh, I'm kind of bummed out. I, I wish we had gotten a chance to see Joe really step into the death stroke role. That's probably one of the biggest misses because yeah. while while we while we can all harp on a lot of the decisions Snyder made, there's a couple of brilliant casting decisions that he had. Yeah. Affleck Absolutely. visually looked like a great Batman. Cavill, you and I both love him as soon. Yes. Manganiello, did I say it right? Manganiello. Manganiello. He looked like Slade, for fuck's sake. hundred percent. I really liked Ray Fisher's Cyborg. Yeah, Ray Fisher's Cyborg. I mean, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. Like, all of these fucking roles. Like, a lot of the... Just Ezra. Yeah. Ezra's, Ezra's the one that... I, uh, nah, Ezra I'm, and fucking uh, Eisenberg. Yeah. Both questionable. Can't all be winners, bud. Can't yeah. all be winners. But everyone... And I and I even ended up like... And much to my surprise, I even ended up liking... Uh, Momoa's Aquaman? Yeah, uh, Jason's Aquaman, exactly. 
He's still a little too dude bro for my preference, but it's a fun character at least. He has fun with it. Uh, but yeah, j missing out on getting to see like Joe Manganiello kick some ass in that suit is going to be one of those things where like somewhere in the multiverse there's a cool ver that, that there's that exists and it's cool. You know what I mean? Is Deathstroke one of the f No, he's what? not. There's 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 a myriad of villains that have changed who they're a villain to, right? Because, like, Darkseid oh, yeah. used to be a Superman villain. Now he's a League villain. And Deathstroke was a Teen Titans villain, and he's now a Batman villain. Yeah. Um, you get shit like that happens a lot in, like, the comics, too. In, like, Marvel comics, in terms of, like... Uh, like, you have X-Men villains swap places all the time. Like, Mr. Sinister, for example. Uh, shit like that. So, yeah, it happens. That's a show. Hmm? That's a show. Uh, I don't know what show it'll be, but that's a show. <laughs> it's a show. Um, also, in surprisingly awesome news... Actually, no, hold on. I'm going to hold on to that one for the end, because it's I have two cool ones for the end. But uh, Karen Gillian posted up a, a tweet saying that she has wrapped as Nebula on Guardians 3. Uh, she says, I don't know if Nebula will return beyond this. It's possible this is her final chapter. And if that's the case, I just want to say thank you to James Gunn for giving me such an interesting, complex, and fascinating character to play. That was one hell of a decade. Yeah, because uh, Guardians started production around this time, didn't it? Ten yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yep. Which is wild. Uh, what the fucking pipeline for these comic book movies are. Because uh, we're talking about when Avengers 1 was released, and it's when Guardians 1 was being produced. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, you know, uh, that's cool. I'm glad. I feel like she's had a solid run as Nebula and did, has done a really good job with the character. And I like that she like legitimately loves the character. You know what I mean? Well, the character is very, uh, deep. The character yeah. is fully fleshed out and Karen, to her credit, played her masterfully. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, one of us here knows the source material. Like you, you know more about Guardians than I do. Uh -huh. I don't know fuck all about the Guardians. So when I went in to that movie, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know any of the characters. I lo and behold, I fall in love with the characters because of how well that script was and how well the actors played the roles. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't agree with James Gunn on everything. <laughs> Chris Pratt. Uh, but the, I, I, the man knows how to write a character. He does. That's been evident in pretty much everything he's done. You, would you be all right with Star-Lord being John Cena? <laughs> yes. 100%. 100%. I, I'm upset that John Cena wasted any of his career on like serious action movies. Marine. Yeah. Yeah, the, he should have been doing comedy slash action from the beginning because he's fucking made for it. He's fantastic. You know, where, where it is, he was the one that pushed that Peacemaker be by. That's awesome. I'm here for it. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Fuck it. Uh, okay, my last two pieces of news. Uh. So there's a new Predator comic coming out, a comic series 
And for those of you who don't know, Marvel ha uh, owns pre uh, the rights to Predator comics. Um, and to, like... Commemorate? That's uh, com uh, a marketing, you know, whatever. Uh, they are doing variant covers for 20 of their fucking books. Jesus, that's a lot of fucking variants. Mind you, and mind you, the fucking Superman Action Comics 1000 was only fucking 10 issues of variants. Yeah. So yeah. this is double that just to show you how much they want you to know, hey, we got Predator, baby. Yeah. Uh, and some of these covers are fucking gorgeous. I've, I've sent you most yeah. of them. Uh, the Wolverine cover is amazing. Both Spider-Man covers are awesome. The one with uh, uh, the Earth's Mightiest Heroes Avengers cover with him fighting with the uh, Predator fighting Blade is incredible. Super atmospheric. Uh, the sp specifically, the Amazing Spider-Man cover with him uh, skewering the Green Goblin mask is fantastic. Uh, long story short, uh, ow, my wallet. Uh, <laughs> Also, it's giving us a lot of ideas for a versus thing or a tournament. Yeah. Or just a gauntlet for Predator, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> or it could be the other way around. It could be characters fighting increasing number of Predators. That's also true. Because, like, I think <laughs> Thor could kill maybe 12,000. But 12,001 Predators? That's it. It's That's it. it. <laughs> That's his limit. That's his cap. <laughs> No, Steve is his cap. Ah, there you go. <laughs> uh, and then, in surprising news that is way more awesome than I anticipated, Roku is making a movie based on Weird Al Yankovic's life. Yeah, isn't that starring Daniel Radcliffe? Starring I only saw Daniel fucking Radcliffe as Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> Brilliant casting, first of all, because he looks one-to-one -one in the stills. I want to know what conversation Daniel Radcliffe had with his agent. Because it seems like he specifically says, only cast me in the weirdest shit you can. Okay, cool. Yeah, because he did Swiss Army Man. He did uh, that one where the pistols are glued to his hands. Guns akimbo. Guns akimbo. So, Tusk. like, the agent's Not like, Tusk, listen. Uh, horns. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, horns. So his agent's like, listen, Dan, we got we got two movies here. One, yeah. you get to play Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. I'm in. Okay, yeah. okay, hold on. But the other script, it pays more. They want you to, like, have a guest spot on Fantastic Beast 4. I don't want it. Uh-huh. I don't want it. I want Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> yep. Okay. I mean, I love it. I love that this is what he's all about and that he's, like, confident enough in his, like, lifestyle to just be like, I don't need to go for the blockbuster. I can go for the movies I'm going to have fun with. Yeah. Uh, I, which I, is I'm awesome. fully on board for this. Yeah, I am too. Uh, also, for people who still care, uh, that 90s show is coming out. Based <sighs> in 1995. What's weird is that show, like, we are farther from that time period than that 70s show was when it launched <laughs> from the 70s. I so, thought you were ending your news that. with good news. I, I don't. 
Now Look, I'm man, depressed. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, but a bunch of the original cast of that 70s show will be making uh, cameo appearances in the first Except episode. Except one. Except one. <laughs> <laughs> he can fuck off. Fuck <laughs> that guy. Fuck Honestly, Wilmer Valderrama can also fuck off. True. True. Uh, but, you know, we won't talk about that here. But, but anyway. I think, I think Wilmer's okay with the words no. <laughs> but does he check for ID? All right, that's a whole uh-huh. other. That's a whole. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but yeah, that. Uh, so yeah, that's coming out soon. It's cool that they're bringing they're, they're bringing the the cast back. That's neat. Uh, but yeah, I'll probably check out the first episode at least. So we'll then, see. what what is it like? Is it the the kids of the kids from that '70s show? I don't know because that's the only thing that would make sense on why the returning cast would be coming back. So Eric Foreman's gonna be red. Topher is red? Ooh. I don't know, man. I don't know if he could pull it off. I d- no, if anything, uh Donna would Donna yeah, would be Donna's red. Donna's red. <laughs> He's gonna be what's her name? He's gonna be his mom. <laughs> just drinking all the time mm. and drowning his sadness. <laughs> and just asking like really weird questions. Which yeah. is would you love me if I was a potato? Oh, is that what we're going to do today? We're going to fight? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but anyway, that is the end of my news. Do you have anything, Adrian? The only thing I have is maybe that I found out about A24 premiere. When I tell you those words, what do you think? You think, oh, it's another streaming service. A24 is going to just be showing off their movies or movies that they have the rights to. You'd think that, right? Wrong. Okay, what is it? It is access to their premium merchandise. Oh, okay. So you pay $10 a month or 15 I forget what the amount is, to pay $60 for a t-shirt licensed by them. Wow, A24. Jesus. And how I found this out, I was like scrolling to through TikTok and I'm like, there's no way this is a real thing. It's a real thing. All right. Thanks. I I, I really liked you, A24, but fuck. Yeah, that's a little The balls on them. Yeah. Uh that's that's rough, bud. Uh <laughs> well, uh I that... I'm having trouble finding anything on it like online though. I believe it was A24 Premium. It could have been something else. Oh, is it Premium or Premiere? Premiere, Premium, one of those. Sorry. Huh. Yeah, well, whatever. Point is, that is bizarre. Uh, Okay. Oh, it's an actual arrangement with Amazon. Oh. Oh, it's their shop, like their limited. Oh wait, shop. no, 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 no. This is something else. That so they've got an exclusive uh, arrangement with Amazon uh, to for offer the films from A twenty four. No, no, no. It's just for for their films. Point is, that is but very bizarre. Uh, and I, whatever. That's weird. Anything else? <laughs> uh, no, that's it. Sorry, it is. Uh, triple A twenty four. Your all access pass oh, to everything. I see. A twenty four. You get a magazine and you get merch and the merch, it costs extra. 
fucking weird. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway. anyway. So that is it for our news and recents, right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. I, yeah, no. <laughs> All right. So join us after the break uh, where we, get, we can get into our Freaky Five favorite Mexican characters and media. But uh, see you in a moment, freaks. Hey, everyone. This is George, the Bone King, interrupting this transmission to tell you about the Fan Freaks podcast, the podcast where we freak out about our favorite movies, games, comics, and any media in between. Check us out on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Hope to get freaky with you all very soon. No. No. Welcome back, freaks. To Freaky Five Favorite Mexican Characters in Media. Tune in as we discuss if a Mexican and a Puerto Rican doing uh doing stereotypical Mexican shit is uh is, is cultural appropriation. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm half Cuban, half Italian. Okay, that doesn't make it better, my dude. That makes it worse. I understand. <laughs> uh, but we are going. We are doing a freaky five favorite Mexican characters in media. Tell the people what a freaky five is, the dude. Well, it's exactly what you think. It's a five numbers, five, of favorite things. Yeah. It's our top five. However, we do have options open for honorable mentions. We do. We do indeed. Uh, So, dude, would you like to start us off? Andale, andale, arriba. Um, Oh, boy. (laughs) Is your number five Speedy Gonzalez? No. <laughs> Fuck. Um, All right. Who do we have the, at number five? That actually should have been my number five. Uh, anyway, my number five is actually Jessica Cruz, the Green Lantern, um, who's now a Yellow Lantern, as you were telling me in the prep for this show. Yeah. I, so I, funny I've, enough, yeah, I fell into a Green Lantern hole recently and found out a bunch of cool shit about her. But carry on. Go ahead. Um. By the way, if you guys want to know more, just hit him up on the Twitter. Um, I'm sure he'll respond in like a month. So, (laughs) uh, anyway, so in regards to Jessica Cruz, I, I immediately fell in love with DC's line of rebirth. Like I was all in on it. Oh my God. They brought back Wally West. They, they're bringing back pre new 52 Superman. It's my Superman. It's post crisis. And he's got a kid now. It's great. Super sons. Great. But then I started saying, fuck it, I'm making more money now. I can buy all the comics I want. Nobody can stop me. And I started buying Green Lantern books. And there was two Green Lantern books. There's one for Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, which was in space. And the Earth one was Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz on Earth. And it was a buddy cop uh, yeah. cop comic book. And Jessica was such an interesting character because she's... Um, She's, uh, I forgot the, the professional clinical term for it, but she's, uh, a, a, afraid of going outside. Like she's agoraphobic, she, agoraphobic. Thank you. She's scared of going outside. She's scared of, of things out of her control. And that's not something you read when you read a green lantern, you know, and she overcomes that with her willpower. She overcomes her own limitations with that willpower. And I thought, man, that's fucking great. And immediately 
became like one of my top five DC characters of all time. Cause I was like, this bitch fucking is going through it. She suffers through it with a lot of mental health, but yep. she overcomes that because she knows the, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of you. Like she's doing it for her sister, her people, her, her, her little community or whatever. She will do that. Sorry. By you the were way, gonna say? do you know who wants to play Jessica Cruz? Like Ooh. in live action, Diane Guerrero, please. <laughs> please that's yeah. that's brilliant casting holy fuck i would yep uh yeah yeah 100 <clears throat> but i'm so here for it uh where's, where's the petition where do i sign <laughs> where uh by the way with a freaky five i believe i go through my entire list yes sir okay so number four wait who's the other green lantern that she's partnered with simon that baz that is simon baz right yeah yeah, yeah yeah who's like the first muslim green lantern yeah and the funniest thing about him is that while he's a Green Lantern, he also still packs a gun. Yeah. Which is like, all right. <laughs> Whatever, man. I mean, if yeah, Spawn look, can do it. <laughs> you you never know when someone's going to Debo your ring, okay? <laughs> Bruce did it. Anyway. Ex so, exactly. Carry on. So number four, uh, if you guys disagree, go fuck yourself. But I have on my list Mexican wrestlers because I'll be goddamn. Uh, back in 2010, I quit on wrestling because I was just I was just bored. I was I I couldn't give a fuck anymore. But 2011 came around and there was uh, CM Punk came back or had like been introduced to me, and I had fallen in love with the character and I then started watching the product. But then there was a wrestler I loved so much. That I I followed up on him. I had bought merch. I was like, yo, that's my dude. And it is Alberto Del Rio. You got to roll those R's, baby. Uh -huh. um, and this, this dude was the shittiest person. He was a heel. He was a Mexican aristocrat. That's who he played. But his background in wrestling is pretty important. He's the fucking son of Mil Mascaras. Who's a legendary Mexican wrestler. Wait, really? Yeah, Mil Mascaras. That's so fucking cool. Yep. Um, and also Alberto had one of the one of my favorite moves I've ever seen. Cause this dude, James, he's an inch taller than you, and he did flippy shit. He would do a cross arm breaker, which would grab the opponent's head, uh, like a DDT, grab the uh -huh. arm flip around and land in an arm bar. Jesus. And this dude's like 6'2". I was like, holy shit. But you, you already know that. Anyway, that's that was his thing. Uh, okay. Number three. Benny the Jet Rodriguez from Sandlot. Come fucking oh, on, bro. Okay. Come on. The dude is legit. The best ball player in the Sandlot, first of all. First of all, let's just get that out of the way. Second of all, he's the only one that actually plays professional sports after they all grow up. And in according to the Sandlot canon, in the year 2000, he becomes coach of the Los Angeles Dodgers. So that's a fucking, like, from little poor with a glow up, you know? Growing up poor and then glowing up like that. Good for fucking Benny the Jet Rodriguez. And, of course, he's the only one that managed to outrun the dog. That's true. 
Number two, this is the one that I'm scared of that James is going to fucking kill me. Zoro. You motherfucker! <laughs> mm. Fuck, I just broke a pen. <laughs> and you guys don't know, but he really likes pens. He really likes pens. I'm so sorry, but like this dude is legit. This is the most famous Mexicans. He's he's the first superhero, is he not? Oh, you're mad. Okay, you're mad. Um, see, this is what happens with the Freaky Five. You could like it's 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 a little worse than stealing or sniping in All Stars. Um, but yeah, Zoro is super important to to our main fandom, which is comics. It's it. This is a character also played by Antonio Banderas in two fucking great movies that are criminally underrated. I said what I said. They are criminally underrated. Um, but yeah, the fucking legacy alone, everything about the character. Uh, it's worth noting oh. that we have to talk about the Diego de la Vega version because that's the first time where he was Mexican because in his first appearance, he's not Mexican. He's Spanish. Oh, see, I didn't know that. That's the black and white uh, movies, right? Well, there, the, even Diego de la Vega was black and white, also. But the the first, well, so he started fucking a. So uh, Zorro started in like uh in, in publishing. Uh, it was uh the 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 curse of Capistrano. I think is the the first time we see we we find we hear Zorro, and there he's uh he's Spanish. But then by the time it gets adapted to like film and television, that's when he becomes the son of Alejandro de la Vega, uh, who uh, and so who is Spanish, but he himself is born in, uh, in technically not. Well, it isn't Mexican territory at the time. But the point is, yes, it's Don Diego de la Vega. All right. My, my honorable mentions, um, Speedy Gonzalez, of course, and Slowpoke Rodriguez. By the way, Slowpoke, I feel for you, bud. I do the same shit at work. You and me, uh, we're 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 part of the brotherhood of slow people that just we don't give a shit. We get paid by the hour, uh, which I shouldn't say recorded. Ah, whatever. It's not like my job listens. Then we got uh, super crazy, who was one part of the Mexicools back in WWE back in 2005, 2006. But the most famous thing this guy did for me was back in EC fucking W, the man tag team with Tajiri and like did a, a shooting star press on a fucking on Sabu through a table to win the ECW tag titles when Sabu and RVD had him, it was like, bro, the dude is legit. He's been wrestling. He still wrestles. He's 55 and he's still wrestling. No more. But Super Crazy is a fucking amazing man. His real name is Francisco Islas Ruda. Fucking amazing dude. Uh, and then Jaime Escalante from Stand and Deliver, one of the greatest films of all time. And it gave um, Edward James almost the... Uh, an, an Academy Award nomination, and it was the first time a Latin actor, uh, or I'm sorry, a Mexican actor, or no, he is Latin, but the character's Mexican, but it's the first time a Latin actor got the nomination for best, for best acting, and that is huge, and I wanted to bring that up. Also, fuck the Oscars. And my number mm. one 
is motherfucking Viva La Raza Latino Heat, Eddie fucking Guerrero, bro. Fucking legit, hands down, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I legitimately cried for like a week straight when I found out that Eddie died. Eddie is so important to the business. He has influenced so many fucking people. He's influenced every type of... He's influenced Japanese wrestlers, American, uh, British. Everybody does the three amigos, which is the three suplexes. The, the frog splash is such an important move. It is still being used today. Many people still do it in his honor. Um, he lies, he cheats, and he steals our hearts every fucking time he gets in the ring. Rest in peace, Eddie. Much love. Mm-hmm. So hit us with your list again one more time. Number five is Jessica Cruz. Number four is Alberto Del Rio. Number three is Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Number two is Zorro. Number one is Eddie Guerrero. All right. Okay. So for my freaky four through two or six through two, since someone stole my number one. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean uh, I didn't know. Fucking A. Uh we're gonna start with number five. Uh everyone's favorite bending unit. It's Bender Bending Rodriguez. He is Mexican. He is. Uh, Would yes. you say he's a good representation of the Mexican people? No. No. But he was made in, in uh, he was built in Tijuana, Mexico, and his full name, which I don't know where he gets it from, but is Bender Bending Rodriguez. So he's Mexican, and he claims to be Mexican several times. Hey, listen, he he might be somebody's hero. <laughs> God, why would you? But he's somebody's hero out there. Well. The, the weird thing is that he's actually is t so it's really weird because he's a reference to uh to a, a, a he's a reference to a malqueadora a malqueadora is a company that allows factories to be largely duty free and tariff free and they're usually built in Mexico that's literally what he's a reference to so mm -hmm. he's a reference to cheap Mexican labor <laughs> Because a lot of times what was produced in Mexico were metal girders. And that's literally his job is to, st is to bend steel girders. Uh, so yeah. ben Bender's a commentary on, on worker yes. exploitation? Correct. Oh, all right. Um, but yeah, so my number five is Bender. Uh, my number... Sorry, my number six is Bender. Uh, <laughs> my number five is, and I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, it, of, like I all very often get into like deep dives of lore on fighting games. Admittedly, my lore on this character is a little light. The reason I, lo I love this character so much is because it was the first fighting game character I ever played. That I was like, no, this is my guy. I'm never playing as anyone else when I play any of these games. Skullamania is Mexican? 
uh, Skullomania is in fact Mexican. But no, that's not who we're talking about. Because if I never played a Street Fighter game, if I never played as anybody but Skullomania, that means I can only play two Street Fighter games. So, uh, right. no, not Skullomania. Uh, my number four is King. Oh my God, from Tekken. That's amazing. Yes, he He's Mexican? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a luchador. Like his whole persona, the whole thing is just his luchador persona. He oh, legitimately. I love is, that pick. That's such a good pick. Yeah, he's legitimately. Well, King won. Uh, well, actually, they're both Mexican luchadors, so they're pretty much interchangeable. Uh, but yeah, King won, King two, and even their rival, Armor, Armor King, King. Yeah, uh, they're all Mexican uh, luchadors. Did you know but, that uh, Armor King, they gave him a skin for Black Panther on Tekken 7? Like like T'Challa Black Panther? T'Challa Black Panther. Huh. Interesting. Oh, wait a minute. For the record, Armor King is not a uh, Mexican. Oh. Armor King is an American wrestler. That makes sense. That makes sense. Armor, so Armor King is like your WWE kind of guy. And then King is like a luchador. That's why I never fucked with Armor King, bro. I was always king. <laughs> Fuck that. But yeah, I uh, I love Armor King. Uh, I think he's it's such a cool character design, and he's always been super fun to play as. So literally, anytime someone hands me a controller connected to a Tekken game, it's I'm picking King. king. Every time. Every time, a hundred percent of the time. Now, next on four. my list. Uh-huh, my number four. <laughs> Next on my list was going to be William Adama from Battlestar Galactica. Got but it. he's not Mexican. No way, I thought he was. He was born on a colonial fleet named Toron. Yeah, you're not Mexican if you're born in space. He's from the colony of Caprica. All right, you're just throwing words so, at me now. I don't know. I know, but that's just for, for people who know. Uh, so yeah, despite Edward James almost being Mexican, uh, William Adama is not. So he's not on my list. Instead, we're going to move on to uh, <laughs> Panchito Romero Miguel Juripinerio Francisco Quintero Gonzalez III, also known as uh, Panchito Pistoles. Still don't know who that is, right? No. <laughs> Have what you ever seen have you ever seen the three caballeros? I've seen the three amigos with Chevy Chase and No. Uh, Los Tres Caballeros is a Disney film. Uh it's actually Disney's first sequel. The first sequel they ever made. Uh but it's a Disney film starring Donald Duck, another character named Jose Carioca, which is a parrot from Brazil. And along the way they meet Panchito Pistoles, who is a uh, a Mexican rooster, and okay. uh, and he's become like a prolific character, especially whenever you know Disney's uh like doing anything for like Latin heritage or anything like that. They bring out uh, they usually bring out the three caballeros again, including Jose and Panchito. Uh, I love I love this movie. The three caballeros is. In retrospect, so problematic. Ooh. 
it's not that problematic. It's not like it's no blackface. song. It's no song for yeah, the south. Yeah, it's no songs of the south. Exactly. Even songs of the south isn't as problematic as some people like to make it out to be. Don't get me wrong. It's very problematic. But <laughs> but it's it's just a it, it it rides stereotype a lot. But that being said, it was a lot of people's first exposure to any South and Central American culture was this fucking Disney movie starring Donald Duck. Uh, and it actually featured a lot of like important Latin American stars of the time, like Aurora Miranda, uh, Dora Luz and Carmen Molina. So like it was a big deal for like these people to be featured in like a Disney production. So you kind of have a, it's like, so you have like these three cartoon birds go and interact with these like live action, like Mexican actors and stuff like that. Uh, it's a really cool movie. I do recommend watching it just because like, I don't know, it fits this really weird. Like it maybe hasn't aged great, but if you look at it in the context of when it came out, it was a real attempt at representation, which is cool. And Panchito Pistoles kind of, uh, kind of embodies it perfectly. Uh, it's worth noting that Pistoles is not part of his name. It's his nickname just because he carries pistols. I, uh, I do have a question. <laughs> yes. Who would win in a fight? Chanticleer or Pancho? No, Panchito Pistoles, for sure. Over Chanticleer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd shoot him before he gets anywhere near him. <laughs> <laughs> Panchito's really quick on the trigger, too. Like, <laughs> Chanticleer would take would take two hip thrusts in his directions, and bam, he'd be, he'd be done. <laughs> so right. then again, he's not allowed to carry his guns anymore, so maybe not. I don't know. I don't tune, know. Tune into that eventual Fan Freaks <laughs> post. Uh, so, number three... Uh, is interesting because I actually really, really love Ted Cord as Blue Beetle. But, DC doesn't, but yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But I've always loved his costume, mostly because it's very reminiscent of Spider-Man. Uh, I've always loved his whole thing, but thanks to Young Justice... I, I I knew about uh, Jamie Ray. For the record, it's Jamie Reyes. It's number three it's on my Jaime. list. Uh, it is Jaime. But you know, on his various Americanized incarnations, he goes by Jamie. It's fine. Got it, Jaime got it. Reyes. Uh, but thanks to Young Justice, I came to really love and appreciate the character. And like being Mexican, like unlike like let's say Bender, for example, who's kind of Mexican almost as a joke. Uh. But like Jamie Ray, like Jaime, like being Mexican is an active integral part of his character. It's like as important as like being Catholic is the daredevil or anything like that, you know? Dead parents to Batman. Got it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh yeah, man. And he's just I really love symbiotic characters. Spawn. Venom, Jaime Reyes. Yeah. I love characters that have a literal internal struggle between them and some other entity. I think it often makes for a cool dynamic, and seeing the different ways that those relationships can play out is very cool. Like, for example, Spawn and Letha, they have very much, like, a maternal connection. Like, Letha protects 
uh, Simmons, you know? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Eddie and Venom are in a toxic relationship, and they are portrayed as such. They are portrayed as being in a romantic relationship, and it makes sense. You know, you have someone that knows you better than anyone else possibly could, you know? A little too well, but yes. Yeah, agreed. But it, it makes sense that it manifests in the way that we manifest romantic relationships. Uh, meanwhile, with Jamie, with Jaime, his relationship with the Beatle is very tumultuous at first. He has it, it. It's almost more like Peter and Venom than it is like Eddie and Venom at first, and then eventually him and the Beetle come to like an understanding, where like the Beetle is still trying to fight some off some of its instincts, but Jamie's will is so strong that the Beetle has to kind of like understand his view on it. Uh. And as their relationship grows stronger, he bonds with the Beetle more. He gets stronger. It's really cool. Uh, it's a really cool character design, too. I think that the Reyes Blue Beetle is dope looking as fuck. And Blue I and can't... black has really grown on me as a yes. color, as a color it's a, contrast. It's a good combo. Uh, yeah, and I think that, like, I, I really want to see this live action, which I know we're, we're getting it soon. I, I'm I'm excited for it. Is my point right? Uh, it's it it, it 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 lends itself really well. Uh, I do hope though that they go because for the just to to elaborate really quick, uh, blue the blue beetle armor is biometallic. Mm-hmm. I do hope that they lean into the bio part of it. All right. Like, I want it to look chitinous. Like, I want it to look like bug armor. I don't want it to just end up looking like an Iron Man suit. You know what I mean? Gotcha, gotcha. I wouldn't want that either. Like, for like he kind like like for example, the way he looks in Injustice is a little too robot for me. I actually like how he looks in. Uh, wait, did you say Injustice or Young Justice? Injustice. Oh, I actually I. I was okay with it, but Young Justice, okay he looks way it. better. Yes, in Young Justice, he looks great. But it's also, it's a very simplistic art style, so you don't get a lot of detail in that. Mm. But, uh, but like, for example, but what I'm saying is, like, uh, you look at, like, uh, him in, in Injustice, and it's a lot of, like, it looks like a lot of metal. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 a very, uh, like, Iron Man-y suit versus, like, I just sent you an image. Uh, that's, I want a little more of that. Maybe not quite as bug-like, but, oh, I, I but, want... but, but I like the lines here and the shadows here. Yeah, exactly. I want them to feature the organic part of the blue beetle armor. And I hope we get to see that. Um, but yeah, so that is my number three, uh, <laughs> before I get to my number two, uh, I'm going to give off some honorable mentions. Uh, I, I really could only choose one comic book character whose last name was Reyes, uh, and I chose Jaime, but Robbie Reyes, the ghost writer, is in my honorable mentions list. Uh, I actually hated his character at first, only because I really hated the design. Mm. I didn't like the Robbie Reyes skull. Yeah, it looks it, like, uh, like a Japanese demon skull. It, it looked like it was from Bleach. Yeah. 
100%. But the character himself has grown on me, and the and a big push on that was the version of him in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I was about to say it was the car. Chick stick the car. Yes. The car is very cool. Uh, but no, it's the, the version of him in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. really gave me a push to turning around in the character, looking into him more. I really like him a lot. Uh, Flea from Mucha Lucha. Don't know yeah, if anyone uh, remembers that cartoon. <laughs> I, but I I don't, but... It was a really... I think it was all like Kids WB. It was a fun show about three little luchador children uh, going on adventures. It was great. <laughs> and Flea was like... The, he was like the, the beast boy of the group. He was like the gross, smelly one, you know? Ah, got it, got it, got it. Uh, T-Hawk is another Mexican fighting game character. Uh, what, uh, who, what what fighting game is that? Street Fighter. Street Fighter, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, T-Hawk, our Native American, who's Native American, but Native American Mexican, which is really cool. Uh, and then last on my honorable mentions list is Hector Concarne. Uh... <laughs> Uh, you know, you you know who Grim, like from Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, is, right? Yeah. Okay. So the his original show wasn't the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. It was a show called Grim and Evil. Okay. Where half the episode was about Grim and his adventures with Billy and Mandy, and the other half was about this character called Hector Concarne. <laughs> Hector Concarne is a disembodied brain uh, that lives inside of a bear's belly. Like, so he's in like a bit like, you know, like Krang or uh, from from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that situation. Okay. Uh, So the bear does the brain's bidding. Yes, correct. Uh, Oh, no, that's right. I'm sorry. He is sitting in the bear's brain. His stomach is also, or his spleen is visible in the bear's stomach. That's right. I forgot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> animation's weird. Yeah, those are the only parts of the original Hector Concarne that exists. Is uh, the, the 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 brain and the spleen. Um, but yeah, he is a villain. Uh, he is a dictator. And uh, it's a wild fucking character. <laughs> I just remember watching this as a, as a kid thinking, what the fuck am I watching? Uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, he's a funny character and, a, and, and I think is a representative of a funny time in, uh, you know, a kid's animation. But my number two, which is the top of this list, admittedly, it's another comic book character. And admittedly, he doesn't, he isn't, he doesn't wear his Mexican heritage on his sleeve as much as Jaime does. However, as a kid who was super, 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 super into Spider-Man, to read a Spider-Man comic where the lead character is is at least part Latino was awesome. So I would be, I, I I would be remiss if I didn't put my boy Miguel O'Hara Spider Man two thousand and ninety nine near my top spot. I I fully agree with this pick. Also, in my humble opinion, he's got the coolest suit. 
he does have a coolest suit. It is, and 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 he does so much with it. It's so much like his suit is a little more important to him than Spidey's suit is, uh, just because like a he's not as strong as Peter. Uh, the suit helps a lot with his durability. Uh, the suit also he uses the wings way more than Peter does. Oh, like the 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 webbing underneath the armpit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a main feature of the way he trans uh, he gets around town. Um, because he doesn't do a whole lot of webbing. That's not really his thing. Oh. So as opposed to web slinging, he does a lot of gliding. Oh, okay. And also, I always thought it was very cool that, like, his wall crawling is not, like, mysterious little hairs or manipulating the electrical... Ma no, he's got fucking claws. He's a, he's like a, he's a tarantula. <laughs> At the end of each of his fingers, he has, like, retractable, like, legit claws, and that's how he climbs shit. That's cool. That's cool as fuck. Yeah. Uh, much easier to explain than Peter's. Also, uh, as a result, uh, much less overpowered. Like, he can't just stand sideways on glass. Like, that's not how that works. Um, but yeah, man, again, uh, as a kid, like, reading his name is Miguel O'Hara. I'm like, Miguel, like, is, is he Latin? And then, you know, you read more and yeah, he's, uh, half Latin, half Irish, uh, half Mexican, half Irish. That's a, that's a that's spicy combo, bro. I also, my grandpa's Irish, so it was really cool. Yeah. He's a Latino Irishman, and this is, you know, like, again, it's Spider-Man comic with all these things in it. Super cool to read. He's a super cool character, uh, and I'm excited to see more of him in Across the Spider-Verse. That's, uh, uh I mean, it's been out enough. You guys should have known by now that he was in. Yes. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, also, who's, making, who's voicing him? Do you mind? That's me uh, that's uh, our boy, uh, Moon Knight, uh, Oscar Isaac. Damn, yo, Ozzy, he's killing it right now. Oh yeah, he's across comic book movies, man. He's played three fucking Marvel characters. <laughs> he's gonna show DC some love, I guess. Fucking please. Who would he play in DC? I don't know. We'll think about it later. But yeah, because he's he was uh, he's Spider-Man does an A nine. He's Moon Knight, and you know he was also Apocalypse. We we don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk about that. But yeah, uh, starting my list from the bottom to the top. Oh, and your number got... one is Zoro. Yes, my number one is Zoro. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it is Bender, King. Panchito Pistoles, Jaime Reyes, and Miguel O'Hara. And Zorro. Rounding up my list. Uh, I am sorry that you are <laughs> going to kill me as soon as we stop recording. Which, <laughs> but please remember, I'm only... <laughs> There's no I, safe word. <laughs> pineapple, pineapple, pineapple. <laughs> Um, but of course, guys, let us, uh, guys and gals, freaks of all natures and genders, please let us know what you think of our list and let us know what, what, who did we omit? Who, who <laughs> did we leave out and make us as angry as James is at me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can uh, reach out to us on our Twitter. Uh, that's F A N F R double -E, e K S. You can find us on the Facebook group by the same name. And if you want to know what else we're up to, you can also go to our website, fanfreaks.com. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dr. That's D-R Rude M-D. And you can find me at Adrian Doodliness on Twitter. I believe the time has come for shout outs. Uh, you want to go first? Sure. Wait, who's doing the bones? Who's doing the I got, boners? I mean, I've got the list. Oh, thank God somebody does. <laughs> uh, but first and foremost, I do want to uh, I do want to reach out to our hunt boys, Scott, Justin, Jeff. Thank you guys so much for listening. You guys are awesome. Really. It's 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 great to hear your feedback. My sister Cheyenne, I appreciate them immensely. Do they still um, hate me? They don't. I mean, they they're not their me. favorite. <laughs> they hate they hate they hate George a lot though. <laughs> Everyone hates George. Aww. Aww. Don't but, awe him. He has terrible opinions. You're right. Uh, <laughs> And of course, all the freaks in the Facebook group, you guys are all fantastic. Thank you guys so much for being here for almost some of you for the full 10 years, which is fucking wild. Uh, I'm also going to go ahead and try to get through as many boners as I can right now. Uh, Von Kondersmite, Beefy Sumo, Squeed, Squinty, Screechy Kai, Julian, uh, Megan Peepo, uh, uh, Lin, uh, oh, I'll, let, I'll let you have Lindsay, uh, Azumi Chensmaru. Uh, CJ the DJ, Boogle, Burnsy. If I missed any of you guys, I am sorry. And of course, my D&D uh, cohort, the man who has been assisting me on the D&D takeover of this show, Crows <laughs> of the Damned. I love you, buddy. Um, Yeah, good shout out to Crows. Sweet guy, dude. Fucking nice. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, thank you for letting me have Lindsay. I hope her husband's okay with that. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay misleading our resident Zatanna Zatara. Jesus Valentine, sincerely from the bottom of our hearts. Go, go fuck, fuck yourself. Nicholas Uritic, Robots Don't Age Crew, Cody, CJ Kalani. They just did a show with Vinny, uh, the Star Wars mega episode that they just released today on May 4th as we're recording this. Yep. Uh, please check it out. Check out Robots Don't Age. Uh, Paul Fusick, Oscar Ortiz, Samuel Torres. So, freaks, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you had a happy Cinco de Mayo. Thank you. See you later, freaks. Bye. Hey again, freaks. So that is the end of the episode. Uh, so if you want to end on a high note, probably best to go out there. But uh, we did have to make a last-minute edit to the show uh, because today, on May 7th, free comic book day, it was announced that George Perez has lost his battle with pancreatic cancer. Um, this hits a little close to home for me. I, thanks to my involvement in the South Florida comic book convention, you know, nerd convention scene, I've had the incredible honor of getting to know George a little better than most of his fans get the chance to. I've shared a few meals with him. I've met his family. Uh, you know, I, I, I have a reverence for the man as a Latino comic book creator, you know, from the get with a man responsible for the Avengers in terms of the look of the Avengers, the book. And he gave us, you know, the new teen Titans, which was one of DC's biggest books when it came out. So knowing that uh, a Latino did all of that gave me an incredible reverence for him and getting to meet him. He's one of those people where, you know, the never meet your heroes uh, trope doesn't apply. 
Um, I hope I, I, I would have loved that everyone had gotten the chance to meet George Perez because he's what you expect your heroes to be. He the man had an enormous heart and he loved his fans. He really, really did. He didn't get tired of hearing how influential or impactful his works might have been in your lives. So, uh, with that being said, this is the Fan Freaks reminder to take care of yourselves. And remember to love the ones around you and love each other. Goodbye, Freaks. Thank you.